You are you now are listening, listening to, to the unmistakable sound of the Wolverpool. It's been widely reported that Suni Lee is going to be taking some time away from school to focus on getting ready for the Olympics coming up. And uh, we already know that Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler, one-year players at Auburn have entered their name into the NFL, excuse me, to the NBA draft. Have we come to the place for those that can do the early uh, pro status and move from the amateur status that is a collegiate sports? Have we come to the place in Auburn athletics where we have one and done athletes? I'm going to start with you, Mike G. Are we in the are we one and done land now? Uh, it appears to be headed that way. Now, thank God you can't have one and done's in football. <laughs> nothing. It's nothing. You cannot be one and done in football. Uh, the um, physical demands of that sport necessitate that you spend a few years in college developing your body and your mind to go play at the next level. Basketball, oof, um, NIL has changed the game quite a bit. Um, I do believe that we are in one and done land because we are developing athletes. So talent development at Auburn is, you know, outside of football is at an all time high. Um, and, you know, guys are coming here for an opportunity to catapult themselves into the next phase of their life, which is pro, pro sports. How I feel, though, is I think that as NIL continues to grow and we see how it shakes out, you're going to see um, you, there may be a chance that we see fewer one and done athletes because you no longer have to run to the pros to make money. So for right now, I mean, we're, we're early in the infancy stages of this. But uh, think about this offseason. Uh, some of the guys who jumped, it would, be, it would have been a no-brainer for them in the past to jump. You're going. Yeah. There was actually some tension around whether Walker Kessler might actually leave because he could have just been a kid in college making hundreds of thousands of dollars easily. Very marketable guy. Yeah. Uh, and and just enjoy being an athlete. Now, ultimately, you don't want to risk your long-term earning potential by getting injured. But for those guys who aren't top five lock picks and you're on the bubble about whether you want to go pro or not, you can earn money to help your family and come back to college another year. Yeah. I think NIL ultimately is going to help kids stay in college longer. I honestly believe that. I will die on that hill. I think in the long term of this, it's going to help kids stay in college longer because they can just be kids. They can drive a nice car. They can afford to take their girlfriends and boyfriends on dates. Like, you know, it doesn't no longer, no longer will college, being a college athlete mean you have to be broke in your everyday life. <laughs> Not poor because you'll have a roof over your head and you'll have food in your belly, but broke. <laughs> college athletes are broke. They are broke. While I mean, they're, they're college students. They're right. Broke. The co- yeah, listen, man. I, I mean, how many times did I come by your place asking for ramen noodle packets? Like, <laughs> they are, we're, you're broke. We are, you know, if you're a college student, you are broke yeah. and you are hungry. And those things never go away. There's never enough food, right? And there's never enough money for anything. And if you are paying your way through school and, and, and buying books and paying for tuition simultaneously, it's hard. Yeah. If you're not on a scholarship, it's even harder. 
So these I kids, think about all of those walk-on athletes, man, that are not on scholarship but still have to do all the requirements of like going mm-hmm. and you know doing all the off-season workouts and the practices and then the game day stuff. And you, you're not even on, on scholarship to do that. You just there. Yeah, they they're they're still filling out uh, uh, their FAFSA <laughs> every <laughs> every semester, trying to get financial aid. Yeah. So to me, I'm just. I don't know. I think that this represents something that could ultimately be positive. I do think we need to rein it in a little bit. But, but not to cut you off, but just thinking about that, can walk-on athletes get NIL deals? They absolutely can. They yeah, 100% I was just about to say, can. I think so, yeah. Yeah, if you are on team, you can get it. Listen, uh, Joe Blow could get an NIL deal. It's just, is there going to be an interest in it right. from the people offering the deal? But walk-on athlete can get an NIL deal. So... Mm. Uh, you know, Sean Jackson, uh, he he on the team, and if people know who you are. Now, it not, might not be worth very much to the person giving you that deal if you're not a known commodity. Right. As an athlete, your job is still to go out there and be the best athlete you can, raise your profile to ultimately feed the worth of that NIL deal. That's it. That's your job. Go out there, be the best athlete you can be, and the rest of it will take care of itself. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So— I- well, be will jump in here for me and talk a little bit about the era of, or the beginning maybe of the era of the one and done athlete at Auburn University and what that means for Auburn athletics. I, mean, I think it's a it's a, a two pronged thing. Number one is we're getting better players now. That's that's number one in sports where you only have to be one year removed from high school and not in in not three years like like football. So that's the best thing. We weren't getting Jabari Smiths before. Bruce Pearl's last few years. We weren't getting Isaac Okoro's, so Sharif Cooper's. We're getting them, so they have that option. When you get players, and even on the gymnastics side, like we talked about with SUNY, when you get participants, athletes, who are that good, they have that option. But the other prong to that is now we're seeing an era of college athlete empowerment where they have choices. Um, the transfer portal is a part of that. They have choices in the NBA, the, in, on the excuse me, basketball side, it's not just, well, I have the option to go. You can go to the G League. You can, you can skip the college experience right. altogether. So since you have options, people are they're using those options. And I'm all for them using those options because they bring way too much money mm-hmm. um, to the universities that they participate in the name of to not have the option to capitalize on it themselves. Um, SUNY Lee didn't get cash in hand for coming to Auburn, but you know what she did for Auburn? You know how, how much her presence here is going to boost the 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 outlook of Auburn gymnastics going forward. I mean, what did what did it do for all of the people we have participating in gymnastics? All of these young ladies now get the spotlight on them in the way that they wouldn't have prior, because right. Suni Lee is there and they're sharing that spotlight with her. Um, so they bring value. We know these athletes bring value. So now they have the option to not only make money off of it nil, but they have options to leave quicker, sooner to different options or to bypass. Suni didn't even have to come to college. She could have right. just tuned up for the next Olympics. She did us a favor by coming here. Um, but that's the other thing is, is now the athletes have options. So both of those are great for us. Both of those things are great because when you have a coach where, um, whether it's gymnastics or it's a coach like Bruce Pearl, who's going to say, hey, man, look, you might go where you think you're going to go. I want you to go. I want you to get that. Now, if you don't get it, or I'm, I think um, Bruce, when he was talking to the last time he was talking to the press, he said, Walker has a chance to go first round, and that's what him and his family wanted. So we want him to we want him to get that. 
We're not right. telling you to come. Jabari was always going to go first round. He came here to get better. I don't think they had to pitch Jabari about trying to stay. They knew when they got him, you're going to go. Let us be that one stop for you. That would that would be doing us a favor. And they did it, man. So this is what you need. You need coaches who are developing the recruits for the recruit's sake and the school just happens to benefit. Like, that's the mindset you have to have. That's how you have to pitch the parents. Your child is so good, they're going to go to that next level regardless. We're going to give them a better chance to thrive at that next level. And as a byproduct, you know, we we might be number one in the country this year. I mean, who knows, you know. But thank you so graciously for letting your child come here. That's mm-hmm. the right attitude a coach has to have. And we've got it in basketball. We've got it in, in gym. And I wonder how much that's going to... You can't have it in football, so that's another thing. But there are some coaches who go, oh, man, you don't need to go. Nick Saban was notorious for this. Oh, they just want to go, and they don't want to develop. Hey, man, you can't play all 20 of your five-star recruits right now, so let them go if they want to go. And some of them are, and they're leaving, and they're going to play other places, or they're going to the league, because just being from Bama at one point, maybe about five years ago, was enough to get you first two rounds, even if you didn't play. Um, But they that kind of started burning out, too. So, um I think the best attitude for us, for our coaches, is we want you to be the best you can be. Come be here at Auburn to be the best you can be and just have fun. And when those players leave, I think the best sign of that is how does Isaac Okoro talk about Auburn? How does Sharif Cooper talk about Auburn? How does Jabari Smith talk about Auburn? How does Sunni Lee talk about Auburn? They Mm -hmm. say they love it. They didn't come here and have to say, well, you need to get us here and please stay and maybe we'll pay you some. No, no, none of that. You can get some NIL. No. None of that. Thank you so much for your service. We're glad you had a good time. War Eagle. Yeah. Um, I mean, so we say that it can't necessarily happen in football, but I do po- uh, point to situations like Cam Newton, right, uh, mm-hmm. as a one-year impact athlete on the football program. So there is a possibility that if we are using the transfer portal properly, this is what uh, Drishon Miller said he wanted to have happen when he came to Auburn, right? He wanted to come show out in the SEC for a year. Tony Fair wanted to come show out in the SEC for a year to boost their status, come make an impact for a season, and then go to the NFL. There is a possibility for that to happen in football. We've just got to build the right kind of program where the athletes who are on the precipice and just have one more year of eligibility wants Auburn to be the place where they show that. Um, so my question about that is... Do you think that Auburn can become that place routinely for the one-hit wonder football player, right? The guy who wants to come and just show out for one season and then go to the league, a la Cam Newton. I'll start with you on that one, B-Will. Can we be that place in football? I'll say this. With the culture that we're building, what um, – and I'll, I'll – kind of cross-reference this with with basketball. Bruce said he wants always to still get the guys who are two, three, four-year guys. And it's a culture thing. It's an attitude thing. It's how hard they're willing to work. He wants those guys to fill in the gaps between the Jabaris that they want to get here and there, the Walker Kessel that they want to get. Yeah, you want the, the person with the high ceiling that can put you over the top. But he wants the foundation of the team to be a grunt grinded out attitude and those guys aren't necessarily going to always be one year guys. So he wants to to have a very mature scrappy team with a couple of just excellent pieces to put us over the top. In football, I think coach Harson what he wants to do as far as culture, he again, we're going to be that grit grinded out 
beat you into the dirt physical. It's not going to be, hey, man, we know that you're uh, the, the best quarterback in the country over the last five years. Please come here and, and, and we promise you this and we promise you that. No, that's not, that's not what he wants to do. You know, like, hey, here's the culture. Here's the standard. I'm not promising you anything, um, Sir Nix, so you can go to Oregon. I'm, no promises <laughs> being made. You're going to come in here and work, and if you're the best dude, you're going to get on the field. Right. The type of player that is is different from the type of player who goes, I just want one or two years to maximize my money and get up out of here. Like, if that's what you want to do in football here, you're not, you know, I don't think you'd be attracted to that. Fortunately right. for us... There are enough football players to go around who actually like the idea of coming, developing, improving, and buy into that mindset of continued growth and competition off-season, in-season, and maximize my potential for the next level. And that is going to be Brian Harson's best sell, and he has to do that. That's the thing that I think he has to do in the first few years. You don't have to beat Georgia and Bama in year three. You don't have to bring down the number two rec- recruiting class in the first four years. What you have to do is these people who you are bringing in now, who chose Auburn from the transfer portal or or as freshmen, and stuck around through the the rough offseason that we've had, you got to start putting those guys in the league. Even if we don't have a super successful campaign in the SEC, you've got to go. You know what? Every time he gets a guy, those, those tight ends are going top two rounds. Huh? So now the next tight end that actually is a Bowers at Georgia, now he chooses Auburn because he sees what you've done with tight ends. Or the same thing if we can get that going with some defensive linemen, some offensive linemen, or some wide receivers who came in unheralded. Like, I think that's probably the best chance we have to do that. Wide receiver, we haven't had stellar wide receiver play at Auburn since the Tuberville era. Just just hands down, I can count on these guys to always get it. Uh, we talk about all the time what the 2010 mm, team. I, yeah, I would say Darvin Adams and Terrell Zachary were. That, that's I, why I brought up. The, but again, those weren't the high flying, all world. Oh, they they were so consistent. But that was a product of of the system that they had been in from Tuberville transition in the Chiswick. Because we know who the strength and conditioning coach was at that time, <laughs> and the attitude about what you do on the football field, whether you getting passes or not, you block, son. And they were bought into that, and it, it paid dividends because anytime they got thrown the ball, they caught it. We haven't been that sure-handed and that consistent at wide receiver in so long, and I think now is the first time in a long time that position had the biggest chance to to trend up because of number one, we went and got an NFL wide receiver coach. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Now we know that we're running a pro style system where they're going to learn routes and use routes and, and terminology that prepares them for the next level. So once he starts putting any position that had traditionally not done well here, or at least not traditionally over the last several years, you put that position in the league, then you're going to start turning some heads. Then you're going to be looked at positively by some people who wouldn't have come here otherwise. And maybe then you've got a chance at a couple of players who go, man, I don't know. I wouldn't have chose Auburn. And I'm, I got a lot of prospects, but maybe I can come there. Maybe I can come there and get developed. And we can create a situation similar to what Bruce Pearl had done on the basketball side. But I think you have to show well first. We don't get Jabari Smith unless Isaac Okoro and Chumo Kiki get drafted. Like, I seriously believe that. You have to show that you can do it with those players first. Then the next guy who you know is one and done, he's eyeing you a little bit harder. It's your boy Ike Jones, and you're listening to the War Report's Weekend Tailgate Podcast. 
Did you know that you can find this and most of our other podcast content on YouTube first? That's right. Just search The War Report on YouTube and you'll find our channel where we broadcast this and other shows live. We've also got Auburn football and basketball press conferences, film reviews, game highlights, interviews, and special guest segments, too. All of the Auburn sports content you can ask for and then some. Now that you know, let's get back to the show. Mike G, jumping here. Uh, is is Coach Harson going to be the future, going to have a future with a one-year rentals? Do you think that that's in his, his DNA? Um, I think this year is a good audition for that. You've got the number one Juco corner, number one Juco safety, and the number one overall Juco player. How quickly do these guys become household names? They chose Auburn. Uh, they should come in more physically and mentally mature uh, than an athlete fresh out of high school. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I mean, TBD, talent evaluation is not an exact science. It's one of the hardest things that anybody has to do in sports is project how a talent, a, a, a guy will perform at the next level from high school to college and then from college to the pros. And, you know, whether he becomes that sort of destination will depend on, like, kind of be highlighted, how the guys who make the decision to come to you fare with their opportunities at the next level or if they even get the opportunity. There are things that get said about guys coming out of Alabama system and Ohio State system at certain positions where they just know you were, if you made it out of there and the coaches have good things to say about you, you were well coached. Mm -hmm. So it's all about providing opportunities, um, encouraging competition. I think that's happening. I I do think that we're moving towards that, you know, and, and I'll cover this a little deeper on my what did we see, but like it just feels like. There is nothing is being given. Everything's being earned right now. Mm. And yeah. for the guys who are earning it, they, they will have those opportunities to come in for a year, earn it, and then move on to whatever their next opportunity is. So the one-year rentals, I'm all about it at certain positions. Hope, preferably not at quarterback. <laughs> if you're getting a one-year rental at quarterback, it's because some act of God has landed you with a generational talent that otherwise would not have been available. Right. right. That's it. You don't want to see that at quarterback. You want the system that you've developed at quarterback to produce those quarterbacks. Uh, you know, in, in other positions, though, I think it's a little bit more acceptable because they're not the face of your team. They're not running your team. That's true. Like the quarterback is. So, you know, you get a one-year rental at wide receiver or, you know, on defense at linebacker or something, that guy comes in, uh, helps you to a uh, divisional title or a conference title. And that's okay. So I, th- I, I do think we can become a spot for that, certainly. Uh, but this year will go a long way into proving how close we are to that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Rick Cazenay, appreciate the, um, you jumping in here and, and just talking with us here, said he was a walk-on before there were hour limits. Football was full-time, 40 hours mm-hmm. time investment. And you still had to feed yourself and go to class very hard on your grades to walk on. I'm yeah. telling you, listen, I was there in that era. We were all there in that era. But I remember what two-a-days was like before there were hours restrictions. Guys were literally dying on the practice field at schools. And then they started limiting that stuff because some coaches were going overboard. They had this drill. I always ask King about this. Um, They had this drill that they had where uh, it was just O-line versus D-line. It was like a trench battle. Mm -hmm. 
The quarterback wasn't allowed to be hit, and the running back would get handed the ball, and it was just smash-mouth football. The whole team would line up around the offensive-defensive lines, and a fight would break out 100% of the time that they did this <laughs> drill at the end of two-a-days. And you're, you're, you're dog dead tired. There are no hours restrictions. You know, you're probably dehydrated. Uh, uh, they had the nutritionist at the time. Well, I don't know if we had a nutritionist, but we had to eat. Everybody who had to be out in that sun for hours had to eat. Everybody down to the camera guys. They were like, go to Sewell Hall, get yourself a good meal. We're going to be out here for hours. They had Gatorades flying around everywhere. And these guys would just go at it. And when you're at an emotional breaking point because you are tired and the guy across from you is trying to literally whoop your ass and embarrass you in front of everybody, it, tempers would flare and fights would break out. They can no longer do that. So we're producing a different type of football player now. And the guys who have that dog, like that, 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 that process used to create the dog in some of these guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can no longer, you have to find new ways to create that if a guy doesn't already have that in him. Right. Because I'm telling you, man, if you had seen some of what we used to see, uh, it, you know, and not just at Auburn, everywhere. We were producing a tougher, you know, a type athlete back then. And, man. Whew. So. <laughs> it don't take him no time, man. He started what did talking I say? about football. What did I say? Did I get cursed? Like I somebody curse. line up across from you try to whoop your ass. Ass is not a cuss word. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not getting bleeped out on anything these days, but whatever. Uh, uh, Rick Casanave jumps back in here with another chat. Says, if you don't have a top flight QB... Having top flight wide receivers is a bit tough. The QB has to put them into position to make plays. Absolutely agree with That's that, true. Rick. Um, listen, uh, wide receivers are, are, by most people's accounts, and this is not me just taking a dink at wide receivers, diva athletes, right? Like, they want the ball. Mm -hmm. If you're not getting the ball or you're throwing in their direction, but it's not catchable or you're hanging them out to dry all the time, no, nobody wants to come play there. They don't want to come play in a system where you're going to run the ball 40 times a game, right? Like, that's just not a thing for the the modern athlete who's at wide receiver, who is a generational type. There are so few Calvin Johnsons left in the world who right. will go to a school like Georgia Tech but be Calvin Johnson. Why would he do that? Yeah, I, Why I, would he? I have no, like, I've never heard him talk about his decision to go to Georgia Tech. Go to Georgia Tech, Tech? yeah. But... Yeah, they're an engineering school. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, they're an engineering I, school. And I he would... He was a no smart idea guy. why he decided to go to Georgia Tech. As because again, think about this. This is Calvin Johnson, one of the most ethereal wide receiver talents we've seen in the NFL in the last twenty years. Like he's from a physical, like wide receiver skill standpoint, might be one of the best people to ever put cleats on and play the wide receiver position. And he went to Georgia Tech, who was running triple option football. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, no. Mm. yeah. So I have no idea what why, but but again, it's just you don't see that type of thing happen a lot. 